All right? All right, let's get after this thing. And I titled today's message, I don't know if you've made a slide for that, but it's, it's called God Wants You Full. All right? So just think about that for a minute and let that sink in. Lordus, God wants you full. Amen. Does that encourage you? It should encourage you. That was kind of weak. Let me go over here. Jordan, God wants you full. Woo. Well, that's a little better. That's a little better. Let me go on over here. Now, I know if I do it to Pastor Michelle, she's going to do a cartwheel. Y'all want to see that? God wants you full. All right. <laughs> you know, and, and what I, I'm, I'm going to share, I'm going to be talking about some stuff that's very, it's, it's somewhat sensitive. So if you're sensitive, you know, if you're kind of weak, or you're sensitive, I'm going to, uh, I'm not here to offend you, and, and you'll, you'll understand that I'm kidding here in just a second. But this is sort of sensitive to, to, to some people. So, look, get your big boy britches on, all right? Yes, come on. Because, listen, it's time for the body of Christ to start learning the truths and the precepts in God's Word so that we can understand it, guys. And we, we, don't need to, we don't need to be in a place where we just know it. We need to be in a place where we're doing it. Yes. In other words, where we're allowing God to operate through our lives, where we're, we're allowing His Spirit and His power to operate through our lives. Because, guys, I'm telling you something. There's a lot of people going on a, on a downhill slope in, in society today. And, um, and, and I'll just kind of share with you a little bit of what, what's been on my heart. And this has been on my heart for a while, guys. This, God actually put the word full on my heart back before COVID came in and, and started doing all its damage that it did to the body of Christ and into, into the world. Uh, but God started there and he started I, I, full. That was what the Holy Spirit gave me. And I, you know, I always take those things to heart. I don't jump on these things and I don't react really quickly. I, I, I study these things out and I patiently wait until God gives me a clear direction to go with it. And God finally told me, he said, I'm a, he said, the days are coming. This was back before COVID, pre-COVID. And God told me, he said, the days are coming where my people, my children, talking about us, where, the, where, where they're going to need everything that I have for them to make it, right? And, and I understand now clearly what he's talking about, right? So, and so what he was saying was God, God kept encouraging me then. He said, fill your people up. And if you've been here for any length of time, you know we've been doing that. We've been teaching you on spiritual growth. We've been teaching you how to pray. We've been teaching you how to take the principles that are in God's Word and how to apply them in your life so that you can stand against this crazy, chaotic world. And I mean, you know, it's crazy right now, right? And um, I mean, come on, you just, I know you guys watch, uh, you may not watch the news. I don't watch the news, but you, you can't pick up a device and not get the top stories, you know. I mean, you know, Olivia Newton-John passed away, right? All right? Google had it right there, top search, all right? it came up. So the uh, point is, is you get news, whether you're watching it or not, right? But it is crazy and it is chaotic. And God says, hey, I want, I want you full of everything that I have for you. And I want, as your pastor, to make sure you're full of everything God has for you. Because let me tell you something. When you're walking in the fullness of everything that God has for you, glory to God, there's nothing, nothing in this world that you can't accomplish if God called you to do it. Yeah. Amen? That doesn't mean you can't go off on a tangent and pursue a desire that, that maybe God didn't call you to do, right? And it, it could be a sidetrack from the enemy, right? But if God called you to do it and you're walking in His fullness, you're full of Him, you're full of His Word, you're full of His glory, you're full of his spirit, you're full of his power, you're full of all of that, guys, you can do it. Yeah. You can accomplish it. And I want to talk to you today about a specific part of this that we haven't talked about in a while. Actually, I don't know that I've ever done a, a message on this, and shame on me if I haven't. 
But God also wants you full of his provision, right? It was kind of weak. Provision is important, guys. Provision, this should make you excited. As a matter of fact, when I get done today, I'm just going to give you a little nugget here. I want, when I get done today, when you walk out that door, you're going to have a new perspective on when you see a bird fly through the air, right? <laughs> and then you'll understand that when we get to the end. Now you've got to stay awake to see what I'm going to say, right? Now, I'm not talking about the little red bird out, bird out there that sits out, lives in the bushes out in front of the church that lands on everybody's mirror and, and then and uses the restroom all over your door. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about because if I could get my hands on that bird, he would do right. <laughs> But listen, God wants you full of his provision, all right? Provision. Now, provision is something that uh, uh, routinely that, that even a lot of churches don't talk about anymore, right? And it's because provision includes abundance. Abundance includes prosperity. All right? See, some of you checked out really quick because I said that word. Oop, there's that dirty word. So everybody, I want you to say provision, provision. abundance, abundance. Prosperity. prosperity. I didn't hear everybody. Prosperity. prosperity. There is a, listen to me, there is a biblical prosperity. Now, I understand it has been mistaught. It has been abused. There have been ministers who have taken that message. They have taught it incorrectly, all with the intentions of fattening their, their pockets. And I'm going to tell you something. That's shame on them, and they will be held accountable for that. But there is, we cannot not teach on that because of someone else's mistake. Because it's, it does you an injustice. Because you need to be walking in biblical prosperity. You need to, and, and let me just say this. Biblical prosperity, when I talk about prosperity and abundance, I'm talking about the same thing, right? Because I kind of get the little, all of them, I've got my note. If you could see my notes, you probably wouldn't be able to make sense in them. But I can, right? Me and the Holy Spirit. But listen, you should be walking in it. God wants you to walk in it, guys. Because listen, he created you for a purpose, And he created you to succeed at that purpose. And if you're going to succeed, you have to have provision to do it. Right? So if you've checked me out because I said the word prosperity, that's why I'm using abundance. Believe it or not. One minister gave me some advice. He's been around a lot longer than me. And he said, you know, when I teach on it, I only use the word abundance now. Because the word prosperity has been so abused that when people hear it, they subconsciously, they'll, they'll check you out. But you need to be able to understand this, guys, because you're the one that needs to walk in the prosperity. Because God wants you full. He wants you to accomplish the purpose that he created you for, right? But now let me tell you something. There's, there's a lot of confusion in the world when it comes to talking about prosperity. And it's a sensitive matter. So listen, if you, I don't know where you stand on this. I want you to figure that out for yourself, right? Maybe you're, because there's a lot of Christians that will tell you, oh, you know, you know, Christians shouldn't have things. They shouldn't have a big house. They should have just enough to get by, you know. And they shouldn't, it's not right for, you know, you'll you be around the, in the snack room at the, at the work or wherever you may be, and people will start talking, did you see that pastor's house? He bought a new house, right? Can you believe he's got two cars? I don't have but one car. He's a, how did he get that, right? But see, they're not over there on the, on the other side of it. They're not arguing about the football player that has two car, ten cars, two airplanes, and, right? And all he can do, all he can do is he has the gift to throw a ball. And how I many you know? A lot of the football players, and I'm criticizing them, but a lot of the, the the athletes do not advocate and stand for the kingdom of God in their platform. Come on, I think we know that. It's very clear, right? So. Listen, the point is, is that the world will tell you that, that, that we shouldn't have. 
You shouldn't, you shouldn't. And, and that, guys, is just strictly worldly thinking. Worldly thinking. And we talk about this all the time. And remember, we're called to be in the world, but not of the world, right? right? And you know, it's like, um, and God told me about, uh, uh, I guess it's been about a year ago, he dropped on my heart. He said, there's a plague infiltrating the world, you know, in, in, in my prayer time. And he said, this plague is, is and, and it's funny because this was confirmed by a, one of our teachers at Rama. He posted, a, and he never posts. He made a post about this same subject. But, and he did this the other day. But anyway, God told me, he said, there's a plague infiltrating the world. And it, it's a plague that is a belief that we can sustain our lives without any input from God. From what he was saying, from himself. In other words, they're trying to sustain their lives without any godly wisdom, without any godly accountability, without any godly standard. They're trying to do this all in their own nature. And it's funny, you know, our teacher, he posted the, uh, the thing, he said the cancer that's infiltrating our society, he was talking about it in America, is that we are not living, living separated from this world, right? Remember Romans, we read that? And guys, listen, we need to be living separate. We need, if the world says that you shouldn't have it, it doesn't take a lot of logic to figure out why the world will tell you you shouldn't be prosperous. Because the world is ruled by Satan. Right. And if Satan knows that if you're prosperous, that brings you that much closer to fulfilling what God's called you to do. And if you're fulfilling what God's called you to do, come on, you're, you're hurting him, you're hindering him, yeah. right? So he, what's he going to do? He's going to do everything he can to do what? Get in our thoughts, get in our minds, because you know that's where he starts, and he's going to get in there and do everything he can to convince us that prosperity's of the prosperity's not for you. Prosperity's not that pastor, that minister just wants your money. And let me just go ahead and clarify right now. You know, Pastor Allen does not pull emotional strings. I'm not after your money. It's not about me getting your money. Come on, I live my life by the same faith you live your life on. I believe God, I trust God, and he provides for me. I walk in his fullness, glory to God, because I trust him by faith. I live the life of faith that he's called us to live. And that's what you need to be doing. And you've got to understand, guys, don't limit your thinking to worldly thinking. Because there's a lot of people that are held up right now in this world and can't see themselves in their full potential because all they can see is their job. I make $12 an hour. I guess I've got, I've got this much money a week I can operate in. That's who I am. That's what I am. Listen, that's not who you are. That's not who you are. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. We'll, we'll catch up to that here in just a second. Guys, you cannot limit yourself by just seeing yourself how the world sees you, right? You are a child of God created with a purpose. Some of you are created to do great. We're all created to do great things because Jesus said we will do greater things because he's got to go to the Father, right? But some of you are called to do really big things. Some of you have got business ideas, invention ideas in your mind. And, in, and because you're stuck by worldly thinking, you can think, well, that'll never be possible. I can never do that. It can never happen. And God is trying to just tell, tell you to take a step of faith. Let him open the door. Let him allow his fullness of provision to fall on you in your life so that you can fulfill your full potential. Hallelujah. And you can walk out. the thing. Guys, don't limit yourself by small thinking. Amen. Because God wants you full. He wants you so full. And this is a lifestyle, guys. It's a lifestyle. I had to learn this because I, I actually went in and got saved. All right. The day I walked into the church, I got saved and I didn't know anything about 
the biblical prosperity, right? And, and, you know, or anything. I didn't know anything about Jesus or God or anything. I was, I was like a sponge soaking it all up. So I had to learn this. And it was quite some time that I went through. Uh, and where I did all of the, well, you know, that pastor just wants my money. That pastor just wants money. He's just trying to get money for the church. Listen, I'm not after your money. Please don't, don't misunderstand me. I wanted you to understand this principle, guys, because I want to see you walk in the fullness of God so that you can be blessed to be a blessing, fulfilling the plan God has for your lives, right? Yeah. Amen. So we want to, this even, I know this can be sensitive for some people, right? And so we want to make sure we get this right. Right? And we don't want to be, we, 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 we want to make sure everybody understands this. Because, guys, let me tell you something. When you, when you get to a place where you understand biblical prosperity and you understand that God wants you to live a life of abundance, and it's a lifestyle. And when you begin to use it, and he, the doors, uh, when, he, when his favor starts to ride on you guys, and starts, it, it, things happen in your life, it's unbelievable. You, you don't even realize, you don't even have to try anymore. It's just like the favor of God is just on you. Yes. You're glowing when you're walking and your things are happening and favor is happening. Somebody's buying your lunch and you don't know who it is or what it is. And you're just like, well, praise God. I'll tell you, I went to the gas station the other day and I was about to put my gas pump in. And this guy said, let me fill your tank up. I didn't know who this guy was. At first, you know, you're kind of standoffish, you know, like, who are you? You know, this, you know. Like I had it, and I was like mall cop. I didn't have a gun. You know, mall cop, he says, well, you come up like this, and you have, with the illusion, you have a gun. But we both know you don't, right? But anyway, the guy says, let me fill your tank up. I sat there for a minute, and he said, I know this seems kind of strange, but, you know, can I fill your tank up? I said, absolutely, sure. So we sat there, and we began to talk. And, of course, you know, it didn't take, you know me, it don't take long. I start to find out where he goes to church and this and because I know he's a person, he's a man of God. Because he eventually told me, he said, well, God just dropped it on my heart. To fill your, and he said, I don't know if you need this or not, but God put it on my heart to fill your tank up. So he filled my tank up, right? What does that mean? That means I'm living in, the, I'm living in, in, in a lifestyle of abundance. Yeah. Right? And now, let me go ahead and clarify something else. Abundance and provision and prosperity is not just about money. Right. See, that's where everybody misses it. They, 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 they go straight to money because money is a tool that Satan has used since the beginning of time to, con- to keep people in bondage, right? To control people, right? Go all the way back and do your study how the Romans used to operate, right? But he's, he used it. He's always used it. And, and, and you get, and so you need to understand how to use it correctly, guys. Right? God wants you, he wants you so full of him, so full of his word, so full of his power, his spirit, his glory, and his provision everywhere you go, right? So I'm going to go straight. I'm going to tell you, go ahead and tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to show you some scriptures to show you that God wants you walking in abundance. And, you know, and, you know I could show you 15 scriptures, but you're either going to choose to believe this or you're going to choose not to believe this. And if you choose not to believe this, then you only, hurt, you only hinder yourself, in my opinion. And if that's you, that's okay. We're going to agree to get, disagree. I'm going to love you and we're going to walk in, in, in love and, and everything's going to be okay. But guys, if you want to walk in the fullness of everything that God's got for you, you need to understand he wants you to walk in abundance. It's not just money. Abundance is joy. Abundance is love. Abundance is health. Abundance is provision. It's food. It's a job. It's, you see, that's the other thing is people start thinking about these things and thinking that, that God is going to magically make things drop out of the air. But you've got to remember, God uses it. The way he blesses people is through this earth. So if he's going to bless you, it's going to be like he's going to send somebody along to fill your tank up with gas. Right? So you've got to get, get your... It's not, it's not about magic or anything like that. 
But God's going to use people in the earth. And that, that means, let me go ahead and just say this, that means you, you may have to work. If you're going to walk in his abundance, right? Maybe you work a job where you work 40 hours a week and you say, limit yourself and you say, that's all I can ever do. And God's like, I want, I'm trying to open a door for you. That may mean that you work another job in the evenings. It may, it may mean you step out on Saturday and you do a little. Opportunities will arise in your life to, for increase if you will seize them and take them. See, a lot of people just want to sit there and say, well, I'm just waiting at church to come in, God. He's like, move, do something, right? Amen. So we're going we're gonna, to, I'm going to show you that it's, it's, it's in Scripture because Jesus was very clear. As a matter of fact, God was clear too. Uh, and then I'm going to show you some steps to take um, to walk in that abundance. Because how many of you know you want to walk? How many of you want to walk in the abundance or you're in a lifestyle of prosperity? Yeah. You do. You should. I'm not, I'm not going to force you, but maybe I hope you want to. Amen. All right. So we're going to go straight to the word. We're going, and the very first commandment that God gave mankind was in Genesis 1.22. And it's where he told man, he said, be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. All right, guys, he wasn't just talking about having babies right there, right? What God was saying, what, what he was doing right there was he was declaring that anything that I give you, right, is that I expect you to multiply and present it back to me, right? Because and you're going to see here in a minute that as God blesses you, God expects you to use natural wisdom based off of spirit leading, him leading you, Come on, this is where most people, they don't understand spirit leading. You know, you, if you're going to make a, a, an investment, you need some spirit leading you because you want to invest in the right place, right? If you're going to live the lifestyle of abundance, then you're going to need to be investing what God gives you and then present it back to him with the right heart and the right attitude, right? Amen. That's why we, why we preach every Sunday. I Pastor Michelle got into my notes. I can take two pages of notes off because she got into my notes already. You've been reading again, haven't you? Right? <laughs> We're talking about giving, right? But we talk about it week after week after week. And it's, it's not because, yes, we have needs in this church. And there's things that God's calling us to do. We're, we're still believing God for 10,000 square feet, guys. Once Just getting the building is not it. Well, there's a, about a $75,000 minimum build out that will have to be done for us to make that move. We're believing God by faith. We're not begging you for it. We're not, but we're believing God that it'll happen. And things are lining up for that to take place. That to take place. Amen. So God is saying here, he's saying, I want, you, I want you to take what I give you and I want you to invest it. Because you'll see here in a minute, guys, that those, those that invest it, right, will be blessed. Amen. See, too many people taking what God or what they receive from this earth, even, even if it's a gift, from, uh, a gift from somebody and they say it's from God, and too many people are taking it and they're just holding on to it. They're not doing anything with it. They're afraid. They don't know what to do. They don't want to do anything. And God's saying, guys, if you'll just invest it, do something with it. And when you tithe, guys, that's, that's, the, that's the main way. When you tithe, you're sowing and investing into the kingdom of God. You know, my pastor, uh, Scott Webb, he, 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 he illustrated it like this. He said, you're tithing whether you realize it or not. There's 10%. In other words, there's 10, if you got $100 for a week, there's 10, there's, there's, there, and you break it down into 10s, all right? So you got 10 $10 bills sitting there. All, uh, you, you're tithing, it's going somewhere. So now if you break it down, you got 10 $10 bills sitting there. Now all those 10s are the same, right? 
And no, they're not. One of them's different. You want to know what the difference is? One of them carries power. One of them carries prosperity. One of them carries provision. Because one of them carries, it's the 10%. Now you have to decide what, how you're going to invest it. Where, are you going to invest it back in the kingdom of God as God asks? Because it's going somewhere. It may be going to Mapco to get you a pretzel and a, and a, and a soda. But it's going somewhere, and God wants you to know that if you invest it correctly, using being spirit-led, using natural wisdom, and with the right heart, now, and we'll see this, with the right heart, come on, I, he'll bless you. And this is how you live the lifestyle of abundance and of prosperity. You don't go for money, you don't go for material things and provision to hoard them up and keep them. I mean, you know, that's the way a lot of people are. They're in fear. Look at the economy. I've got to get it. I've got to keep it. As if I give it away, I, I may not get it back. It's not God. Not God, guys. Not God. All right, so let's keep going. Let's keep going. So we're just getting Go to the parable of talents, Matthew 25. I'm not going to read this whole thing for the, for the sake of time. But Jesus did two great parables on this, and we're going to look at both of them. 25, verse 14 through 29, if you want to read the whole thing, but I'm not going to read it all. But I will read verse 29. And what he's talking about right here, when you read that, is you, you guys know the story. You know, it, 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 basically, well, let me just break it down in a nutshell. These, these servants were given money. Let's just make it simple. We're given money. And they were given the option to do what they wanted to with them. So some invested and got a ben- uh, got, reaped the benefits of the ve- investment and one did not. All right. And that wasn't good for him, right? But when you get down to verse 29, after all that took place, this is where I want you to see, and this is Jesus talking, and he said right here, because this clarifies it all. And I'm going to read this. Let me, let me go to the New Living, because it really simplifies it, and it makes it so. He says, verse 29, he says, To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. An abundance. Everybody say abundance. Abundance. Guys, that, I mean, that, I don't have to elaborate on that. That's pretty clear. God doesn't have a problem with us having abundance. Doesn't have a problem with us having money. Doesn't have a problem with, guys, listen, if we don't have these things and the world does, what's going to be the draws to make anybody want to come and participate in what we're doing, right? There, there's nothing. It's not going to be, they're going to, you know, you see, I was talking to a guy the other day and he was talking to some kids. He does a street ministry. And uh, down outside of Miami, and he he said that the biggest thing they get from these young kids, gang kids that they talk to, is why do I want to come be with you? I can go over here and make more money than you on making this whole year in three weeks' time. You know, you know, and, and and you know, how do you combat that? Because this kid's not thinking about doing right or wrong; he's just thinking about making money, right? So, what's the point? Is that God wants you blessed? He wants you blessed so that we, blessed to be a blessing so that we can draw and be attractive to these people that are out there on the street. But listen, God doesn't have a problem with abundance. He doesn't have a problem with you having money. What he has a problem with, guys, is when you allow money or abundance to have you. All right? And this is very, very please listen to me very carefully. Some of you probably heard this and it bears repeating. Money has most people. And I've told you money is a tool that the enemy has used since the beginning of time to hold people in bondage. What's the biggest problem that everyone has in society? They're strapped financially. So they can't go on the mission field or they can't participate in this or they can't. I got to work. 
because I got all these bills. Bondage, bondage. It's a form of bondage, but it can be a form of blessing also, right? But you got you to do it according to God's precepts and according to God's principles. But let me tell you, there's just the difference. The difference is, and you can decide for yourself where you are. But a person who has the right heart that's pursuing money, there are, are abundance. They're pursuing it with the intention of fulfilling, number one, the plan God has for their life. But they're pursuing that money to advance the kingdom here on the earth. Because you remember, God's doing something on the earth. Yeah. You know, he's doing something. He's been doing something. He's establishing his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Now, you know, we know it all got messed up because of Adam and Eve, right? But he, re- he fixed that. He took care of that because of Jesus. That's when Jesus came on the scene and put us right back in our rightful place of standing, as Michelle was talking about. And, and, and so he, he took care of all of that. We just got to learn to walk in the light of the change that took place, right? Amen. But the person with the right heart is pursuing money, not to hoard up in the bank. That's the one where money's got you, right? I'm not saying speaking against saving. There's a balance. We always say there's a balance to everything. But what you got to do is make sure you don't get too far over on the right or too far over on the left. You want to save. You want to invest for your retirement. Yes. Wisdom. Use wisdom. Be spirit led. But you still want to sow financial seed as God leads you. Why? Because that, all of that contributes to living the lifestyle of abundance because we know that this earth is established off of the seed time harvest principle, which means that whatever you sow, that shall you reap. It doesn't matter. So if you sow money, you're going to reap a financial harvest from that because it's, it's fine if you sow it in the right ground. All right, let me just say this. If you sow it in right ground as God leads you, and let me tell you a little story about, because God dealt with me on this, is a, a lot of people want to sow where they want to sow. Instead of being spirit-led. And I remember God told me one time to give a, give a ministry $500. And I was still new in the ministry and this, that, and the other. And I was being influenced by a lot of the world. Uh, my opinions were not all based off of the word yet. I hadn't figured all of that out. And I'm still basing uh, my beliefs off of what some opinions that were out there. And I heard people talk about, don't give to that ministry. That, you know that ministry is doing this. That ministry is doing that. And, and, but I, and, and then I felt in my spirit again to give them. Give them this money. Give them this money. And finally, God yanked my chain. He said, look. You know, he said, I want you to give them this money. And, and I was like, well, I don't want to look at that. That's not good. I don't think that's good ground. He said, and the God finally told me, he said, you, you give. This is where I learned this, and I hope you get this. He said, you give out of heart of obedience. When you sow it where I tell you to sow it, you take your hands off. Now, what the next person does with that, that's between them and me, and I'll yeah. take care of that. Yeah. Right? But what's important, what he was trying to get through to me was, was you, is do what he tells you to do. Guys, you're working on your reward in heaven based off of your obedience to do what he tells you to do. Don't allow opinions to come in and from the world. If you know God's telling you to do it, it may to the world look like an unbelievable, unstrange thing to do. But if God said, do it, do it. Right? And I had a guy tell me one time, he said, you know what? I was doing street ministry. I'm getting off my notes here. But I was, he was doing street ministry. This is so funny. And they were, they were doing, they went to, a, uh, it was in, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And they were, went down to, there was a road with all the bars in it right there. And they would go down and do street ministry. And God told him, he said, stand on your head. And they were on a sidewalk, you know. Because he, he was a gymnast and he could do that. And he's like, what? And he's like, just stand on your head. And, you know, and he's so, you know, he's, he's like me, you know, he's going, God tells you to do it. He's going to do it. You know, the same way with me. If God tells me to do it, I'm going to do it. So he stood on his head. And while he stood on his head, two girls came up, 
or, uh, I, I'm assuming it's girls. I don't remember. But it, I mean, it, 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 was, it was two ladies. It may have been ladies. Anyway, they came up and asked him about him standing on his head. Long story short, he flipped back over, spent the next 15 minutes witnessing to them, sharing the, the, the gospel to them. And it all started because they were gymnasts or used to be gymnasts and this, that, and another. They saw him standing on his head and it created a conversation because he was willing to obey that and do that, something that seemed senseless and stupid, but he did it anyway. He got two people saved for Christ. Amen. Glory to God. So God tells you to stand on your head, stand on your head. I don't know. Just, boy, just, if he tells you to do something, just do it, right? That's just a simple thing. And, you know, have the right heart. Don't let money have you. Listen, hoarding money up, I'm going to tell you something. Giving what Pastor Michelle was talking about, we've got to get that back into the body of Christ. We have got a very, 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 and parents, please listen to me. Very, 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 and I'm not criticizing anybody. Uh, we have a generation of children that, do, that know nothing about giving, that wouldn't give you the, a pencil off out of their pocket, and they don't use a pencil because they type, Right? And, you know, that comes from what are they being taught? Teach your kids about giving, the importance of giving. Guys, it is a biblical principle, and we need to be, we need to be, uh, we need to be uh, living in that. Now, all right, so we, we saw right here that God wants you to walk in abundance. Now, let me just go ahead, go ahead and clarify something. If you're sitting out there, because I hear this a lot. Well, you know, Pastor, I think Christians just should, just just to have enough to get by, you know, just, just enough to, to have food, just enough to get by. I mean, that's, we're, that's, oh, they need to be humble. That's what they need to be. And my, my response to that is you need to go back and read this parable. Read it. Read it because it clearly says right there, two of the servants were called faithful because they invested with the right heart and they invested and they got a return on that and the one that did nothing with the money was called lazy he was called lazy because he didn't he was afraid he didn't invest he did nothing with it god wants you to invest what he blesses you with why? Because he wants you walking in abundance. He wants you walking in prosperity. He wants you blessed to be a blessing. God knows the desires of your heart. If the desires of your heart is to have a different car, then he wants to help that happen. Now, you shouldn't pursue the car just because you want a car. There are people, and then this is a big misconception in using their faith. I hear people all the time, and I've used this analogy many times, you know, what do you believe in God for? Because we all should be believing God for something. I should be able to go around this room and ask every one of you, and you should be able to say, I'm using my faith for this. It may be for $50 for this. It may be for $5,000. I don't know, but you should be using your faith. But a lot of people, you'll come up and say, well, they, especially when they find out you're a pastor, you know, and, well, pastor, you know, I'm believing God for a million dollars. And if you know these, when this happened the last time, it wasn't a million. It was like 700 and something thousand dollars to start this venture. And I wasn't trying to, to discourage him. I wasn't trying to tell him he's not going to make it there or anything like that. But I was quickly came back and said, listen to me. Because I understood who he was and I understood his lifestyle and I understood his situation. He, he was constantly borrowing money from his boss every week because he couldn't make it to the next week with or off what he made in his paycheck. And I just looked him straight in the eye and I said, God will never give you 750000 or $700,000 for this business venture if you can't budget the whatever it is you're making a week, yeah. right? Yeah. Come on, God's a smart God. Why would he do that? That's wasteful. He's going to give it to somebody that can use it correctly, use the natural wisdom and be spirit-led to invest the money as... See, being spirit-led is everything. Brother Barry and I were talking about that the other day. It's everything. 
It's everything. We should all, if the one of the things you, greatest things that you ever should learn is his voice and him leading you. Because he's going to lead you down the right path. And when he leads you to invest as he's sowing into, as he's blessing you and you invest it, as he leads you with a right heart, glory to God, more will come, more will come. And you know, I, I've used this illustration before too, but it, there again, it bears repeating. Uh, the, the gentleman that, that gave me the money to start one of my, our first business with Michelle here, and, you know, he gave us $50,000 to launch our business. We became great friends. He was very wealthy and extremely wealthy and and he had a, we built a cabin behind our house, and he he would he would come down. He loved to talk because he was he just like he was like me. We liked to talk, so he'd call, "Hey, let's come have coffee," you know, and we'd talk. And he and 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 I really don't know how much he was worth, but he was he was had such a heart to give. And, and Mama D and Pop and they, they knew him. They knew him better than we did, and they know exactly what I'm talking about. He was a good man. And he told me, I'll never forget this. He told me one day because he knew I was Christian and we just, you know, he, he knew, he said he was a Christian, but that's about as far as we ever got with that conversation. He didn't want to talk anymore about it. I already know Jesus. I don't need to know nothing else, you know. And, but he told me, he said, the more I give, he said, the funny thing is, is I just, the more it comes back. He said, I spend my time giving, giving, giving. And guys, if you go now and, uh, I think it's the Alabama Wildlife is that foundation? Is that right? And he, he, when he passed on, all of his, his estate went to the Alabama Wildlife Foundation. So if you, now if you ever go anywhere in the state where they own like 10,000 acres that is a public access now that you can go hiking and all, that's all his. All because he was giving. He would take it, he'd give, money would come back. And I was like, he knew there was a biblical, guys, it's a biblical principle that works whether you're, whether you're, whether you're, whether you're connected to it or not. If you sow, you will reap, because that's how God designed the earth. Just like he sowed Jesus to reap all of us. Amen. Glory to God. All right, God, listen. God wants you blessed to be a blessing, so now we need to know how are we going to live that lifestyle. I'm going to get into this because, whew, I'm going to get there. I'm going to finish this because it's very important. Guys, remember, it's not about money. I think we all can agree money is not the magic fix for everything, Right? I mean, we learn that we see this a lot on the mission field. And this is one thing I love about what Morgan and Bogani are doing in Eswatini is they are teaching their people to not be dependent on the missionary. Right. See, for years, the missions was you just pour money into it. You just throw money at it, throw money at it, throw money at it, throw money at it. So then the people in, in whatever country it is, the third world country, they didn't learn they needed to do for themselves and step into their potential. They learned that let's just wait on the missionary to come, Right. And give, bring us more money. Amen. But they're, they're teaching their people to grow up and to do what they need to be doing. Because money's not the magical fix to everything. Now, abundance and prosperity is part of it, but you've got to have the right heart. And we'll see that in a minute. Because let's go to Matthew chapter 6. And this is Jesus. He's teaching with another parable. And I'm going to read this out of the Passion Translation. Because I love the Passion Translation. Right. Everybody awake. You guys with me, right? All right, come on now. Y'all look like y'all are about to throw stones at me for a minute there. Beginning in verse 19. Guys, I'm doing this for your benefit because I'm telling you, when you understand these precepts and these principles, guys, and you get on the bandwagon for this and you start, li- start living the lifestyle, you can start living this lifestyle. And you may, be, you may be broke right now, right? But if you'll start following these precepts and these principles, start sowing, start giving as God leads you with the right heart, not just to, to fatten up your bank account, You've got to have that giving heart, right? And you're sowing and you're investing it as God leads you, guys. You'll get a return. 
return. Guys, you'll get a return. Very important because Jesus actually teaches us right here. And what he's doing is he's teaching us. How you how you going to do this, right? And he, so, and we'll, we'll read down to the, well, I'm not, well, I need to read a lot of this. So, but anyway, we'll, we'll get into this. But let me just give you in a nutshell what he's talking about is he's, t- he's teaching us how you're going to live this lifestyle of abundance. Some things you need to do, some things you don't need to do. And also, he tells us right here that it's going to be tough to do this. It's going to be tough. I mean, you know, anytime you take a step towards God, the enemy's coming out there. Out to, it's out to stop you. So if you're going to take a step toward prosperity or abundance or finances, the enemy's going to be right there. And now how's he going to attack you when it comes to, to, to receiving finances or receiving money? He's going to attack you in the mind. He's going to, he's going to, the biggest thing is he's going to do, and he talks about this, is he's going to make you start worrying. Right? Come on, worry is, will counteract faith. And so we don't need to fall into that. Actually, worry is a sin, and we can get into that later. But all right, so this is Jesus talking, and he's teaching right here. How are we going to live the lifestyle of abundance, right? Verse 19, it says, he says, to start with, he says, don't keep hoarding for yourself earthly treasures that can be stolen by thieves. Material wealth will eventually rust, decay, and lose its value. Instead, stockpile heavenly treasures for yourself that cannot be stolen and will never rust or decay or lose their value. This is important. For your heart will always pursue what you esteem as your treasure. Guys, stop right there. Right off the bat, Jesus tells us it's a heart issue. You got to get this, guys. It's a heart issue. Heart issue. In other words, it starts with what do you, who do you, who or what do you view as your source? See, is, is, see, if your heart's right, then you're viewing God as your source. But how many of you know? I'd say probably eighty percent of the people see what is their source, their job, their job. But now, wait a minute. Now that goes back to worldly thinking, right? Instead of biblical thinking, right? And so you got to figure out where you are. And you can't be half in and half out. You've got to be all in one or the other because these things are going to influence the way you think and the, what you believe, right? Yeah. So what do you see as your source? Now, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying quit your job and live on the street corner with a cup out there. No, no, what I'm saying, your job is a part of the package. God blessed you with that job. If you don't like that job, talk to God about it, right? And listen to him and he'll lead you where he needs you to be. Some of us are in jobs that we're not supposed to be yet. I was in one for 14 years, and I wouldn't leave it because I, I didn't have a college degree at the time, and I could not see myself doing anything but that because it made a good income. It, made a, it was the only thing that was ever pounded into my head is, you need to get a good job because that's going to be the source, your source for the rest of your life. I mean, you know, I wasn't raised in church. I didn't know any different. That's all I knew, and I stuck it out for 14 years, hated it, made great money, right? But it, it wasn't about the money, All I could see was that was my source. But I'm going to tell you something. When I got a hold of Jesus, I got a new source. See, so many people are limited and they're in bondage because all they can see is that finances they can make off of that job. Now, I'm not telling you go quit your job. and, And I can tell you, I will say this. If you want to know whether money's got you or if you view God as truly as your source, just ask yourself this question. If God told you to quit your job tomorrow, would you do it? Would you do it? I'm not saying go do that, right? But you need to be confident in your faith in your heavenly father that if he clearly led you 
to do something different, that you would take the step of faith, that you're not so hung up on that being your source, your Father is your source, your God is your source, that you'll move, guys, because there's a lot of people not moving. And God says, I need you in ministry. I need you doing things. I need you. I need you. Listen, I don't need you. are a great CEO of this company. You may be making $100,000 a year, but I gifted you with those talents so you can be over here operating your own business, but you won't move because you can only see you limiting yourself to that income. But he's trying, please move, please move. Because if I get you over here and you bring God in the equation, ooh, that 100,000 will be turned into 10 million. Glory to God. You got to bring God into that equation. Amen. Amen. Listen, it's a hard issue. Hard is who or what do you got your faith in? Is your faith in your job or is your faith in your source? Right? And please don't come up and say, well, I quit my job. Right? If you did and God told you to do that, well, I'll agree with you and believe you for the next one, right? But, uh, you got to be spirit-led. you got to know when God's leading you. All right, so keep going here. And this one's important also, as they all are. It says, verse 22, it says, The eyes of your spirit allow revelation light enter into, your be- into your being. And he's talking about eyes. The eyes this is so important, guys. He says, If your heart is unclouded, the light floods in. But if your eyes are focused on money, the light cannot penetrate and darkness takes its place. How profound will the darkness within you will be the darkness within you if the light of truth cannot enter? Ooh, there's so much to say right here. And I'm going to stay here for a minute talking about eyes, right? And I'm going to tell you something. We talk about it all the time, guys. What you allow here and here affects your spirit, man, on the inside of you, yeah. right? And this is so dangerous now because of technology. Anything, I don't care what kind of parental controls you put on a phone, kids are smart enough, they can get around this, okay? But the point is, is you can get anything you want on that phone. You can get it, you can, it can be good, it can be good, and most of it's bad. And a lot of people are so consumed with these apps, TikTok. Some people can't even watch television without having TikTok doing this. And they're letting all of this before their eyes. And they may be thinking, well, I can just stroll past it if it's a bad one, because you never can tell, I guess. I don't know, I don't have TikTok. But the problem is, is you see it. It's there. Now, why is that important? It's because your eyes, guys, and God knows this. I'm going to show you this. Your eyes are the gateway into your spirit and your mind. They're the gateway, guys. They're the gateway. And what, what, God's, what Jesus is saying right here is, is you need to be aware of what comes here. In other words, if you're going to live the lifestyle of abundance, which is what he's talking about right here, when you break it down in context... The parable. If you're going to live it, then you're going to have to, it's going to require that you give God total access to what goes in here. Right? Because let me tell you something. What, what, what goes in here affects what you believe. It affects everything. It affects, it, it affects, and what, what goes in here changes your perspective on everything, guys. And God knew this was important. Now, go with me to Genesis. All the way back. No, I'll tell you what, let me, I'm going to read this. I, I like this, I think. I think we will go back to the New King James. Go with me, Genesis, because I want to show you what, because um, God did this with Abram. He wasn't Abraham then. Beginning, I think it's verse, yeah, here it is, verse 14. Genesis 13, verse 14. And he, he actually did this here, and, and I think he did it, and I think in chapter 15, he also he told, he, and just, just to kind of give you a nutshell, God's about to bless him, but he asked him to do something. Look what he said. He says, and he tells him, he says, and the Lord said to Abram, 
after Lot had separated from him. Lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are. In other words, take your eyes off of this. And then he says, I want you to come outside. I want you to look north. I want you to look south. I want you to look east. And I want you to look west. And for all the land which you see, I give to you and your descendants forever. I will make you descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered. Arise and walk in the land through its length and its width, for I give it to you. Right? So God wanted Abraham to go, and he wanted him to put his eyes on this. Wow, God could have easily said, well, I'm just giving it to you. You know, let's just keep drinking your coffee. I'm just giving it to you. But no, he took him out, and he said, I want you to look. I want you to look here, 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 here. I want you to see it. It's because God was about to bring him to a place of some serious blessing. And he said, and God knew, guys, that what you see gets inside of you. And when it gets inside of you, that will determine the perspective you have on the matter. And he knew that if Abraham saw it, and he knew that he got it on the inside of him, it would become real. It would become who he's going to be. It would encourage him, glory to God. And he would see himself differently. Amen. See, and he did the same thing. I think it's in chapter 15 when, when Abraham was, he wanted the son. You know, he wanted, give me a son, give me a son, you know. And he took, God took him outside and said, look at the stars. Look at the stars. You'll have, you'll have a son, but look at the stars. He, he knew, I need you to see it. I need you. Guys, the reason people aren't living and walking in abundance, and this, this could be you, guys, it's your perspective. Right. In other words, how do you see yourself? Yeah. Do you see yourself as a constantly poor? Do you see yourself strapped and stuck in this one job? Come on, what's your perspective on you? What is you how do you, how, guys, that comes from people that have allowed so much worldly influence to get before their eyes that it changed their perspective to a point where they don't see God as their source because the world says your job's your source, right? And it, or they've allowed so much to come in, they don't understand that they've been made righteous, and there's benefits that come along with that because the world says you're not righteous. The world says you're trash. The world says you won't accomplish. The world says you're, you're nothing, right? See, they've allowed so much worldly influence to get before their eyes, guys. What did you allow before those eyes affects how you view yourself, guys? Listen to me. Don't limit yourself. Don't limit yourself where you are. See yourself as God sees you. See yourself as a, as a prosperous business person, as a prosperous leader in your job, as a prosperous, as, as, a, as a person walking in abundance. Proverbs 23, 7 says, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Guys, you got to see how you see yourself as everything. If you're going to live in a prosperous and abundant life. Amen. Don't, if you see yourself as poor, I hear this all the time. People, well, you know, I've just got, I've had this job for 15 years. This just seems to be all I can do. Well, we're thinking like that. That's all you're ever going to do. Right. right? See yourself as God sees you. See yourself. Don't see yourself as a factory worker. Or as Nothing against that. But listen, there's, that can be a step to get somewhere else. See yourself as the prosperous person that God needs you to be so that you can fulfill all that he's called you to do, guys. You've got you to have the right perspective. And it comes with what you see, and it comes with how you see yourself. It goes back to what I was saying about limiting yourself to your job. And I, I, I'm, I'm not, I, I made that mistake, guys, for a long time. That was 14 years I could have been doing other things, should have been doing other things. Now, he blessed me through that opportunity. I, that's how I met my wife. 
You know, I blame it all on God. Well, God, you know, that's how I needed to meet my wife, you know, so. But, <laughs> listen, learn to see yourself. Don't see yourself at a $12 an hour employee. Listen, if you make $12 an hour, that's great. You got a job making $12. Work 40 hours a week with that, but you have the right heart and right attitude and say, well, God, thank you for this job. I'm making this money. I'm making ends meet, but I know you got more for me. I know you got, want me to walk in abundance. So, Father, I'm going to sow seed as you lead me, and as I sow that seed, come on, I'm believing you for what's next. What's the business venture? What's the invention idea? What's the potential I need to be stepping in? Because I know your favor's going to be on me. I'm going to walk in it, and you're going to make Make it happen as I take a step of faith. But see, two people get so worldly minded, they get stuck right in their little 40 hours a week. And they'll work that until retirement. Poo on retirement. You know, retirement, that's that's nothing against retirement, guys. Don't get me wrong, but the idea of retirement is is an American thing, concept, right? It is an American concept. I know that when Pop retired, he sure didn't retire. He continued to work, probably makes more money now than he did then, right? Right? Because he kept working, right? <laughs> Amen. So it's not all about just getting to retirement, right? Anyway, so let's keep going. How do you see it? I could preach a whole sermon on that. Let's go back to, to Matthew. I'm watching the clock, guys. Don't worry. I'm going to get you out of here really quick. Got a few, few other really quick things. We got to get these. Got to get these. You guys okay? Yeah. Chapter 6. Let's go back. We're going back to the passion. We're going back down. I think we got down to verse 25. Now we're getting to the place where Jesus is going to tell us, you know what? He, he understands. You know, Jesus is pretty smart. Y'all know that, right? He's pretty smart. He knows that if you're going to live this life of abundance, he knows Satan's going to attack you and he's going to get you in the worst place that he can get you and he's going to get you in a position of worry. All right, everybody say, do not worry. Right? And this is what he says, right? Verse 25, he says, this is what he's going to do is he's going to give us, he's going to give us what to do. He's going to give us something to encourage us. Right? So when you, when you need some encouragement, read this verse. 26. But anyway, verse 25 says, this is why I tell you to never be worried about your life for all that you need will be provided such as food, water, clothing, everything your body needs. Isn't there more to your life than just a meal? Isn't your body more than clothing? And this is what he said. Now, when things get tough, this is what I want you to do, guys. Consider the birds. That's what I told you when I'm telling you, you need some encouragement, go look at the birds because this is what Jesus told them to do. Do you think they worry about their existence? They don't plant, they don't reap, and they don't store up food. Yet your heavenly Father provides them each with food. Aren't you much more valuable than your, to your Father than they are? So which of you, by worrying, could add anything to your life? Guys, don't fall into this worry. If you have, you start getting discouraged and you try to, you're trying to do something and the enemy's constantly coming against you and it looks like you're going to fail. It doesn't look like you're going to make it. You walk outside and you look at the birds and that should remind you that God, if he takes care of them and he does, if he takes care of and they do nothing but fly around, right? And if, they, if he'll do it for them, how much more valuable are than you? You are than they are. Oh my goodness, guys, that... That's what you need to, I'm going to tell you, you know, I remember one minister said, you know, and it's great that Jesus picked the birds because you can't get away from birds. They're everywhere in the world. Anywhere you go, there's birds, right? Matter of fact, there's, there's even, you know, even in, in the Antarctic, there's, there's penguins, 
So I heard one minister put it like this. He said, God was so worried about those five researchers living down there. He's so worried about them worrying that he put them birds down there so they wouldn't have to worry. Because you don't have to worry when you look at the birds. What are you doing? You're encouraging yourself. You're encouraging yourself. God's going to take care of that. He's got me. He's going to take care of this. He's got it. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. When you go out of here, I'm telling you, when you start feeling down, start feeling out, and you start feeling the struggle, look at the birds. But Jesus picked birds because they're everywhere. You know, if he'd have picked lions, well, we'd all have to go to Africa to see the lions to get encouraged. So that wouldn't work, would it, right? He's pretty smart, right? He goes on, he says in verse, he says, in 28, he says, why would you worry about your clothing? Look at all the beautiful flowers of the field. That's another thing, guys. Look at the flowers of the field. They don't work or toil, and yet not even Solomon in all his splendor was robed in beauty like one of these. So if God has clothed the meadow with hay, which is here for a short time and dried up and burned, won't he provide for you the clothes you need, you of little faith? Guys, if you, you get discouraged, just, just drive down the street. Look at the, look at the, look at the plants, look at the trees, look, look at the birds, look at the guys. He's letting you know, hey, don't get discouraged. Don't fall in this. Don't worry about it because I got a way out for you, right? And then, of course, you go on down in verse 33, and he gives us everything that tells us exactly what we need to do to make this happen, which is to, above all, constantly seek God's kingdom and his righteousness. Then all these less important things will be given to you abundantly. Amen. Seeking God's kingdom. Listen, understanding how the kingdom of God works, it's it's important. It's imperative. It's imperative. It's it's imperative to you living your Christian life, but it's imperative to you living the abundant life. Understanding that God made a way for you to be prosperous. He made a way for you to, to, to live a life of abundance, to be blessed, to be a blessing, guys. You've got to be seeking his, seeking his kingdom, seeking his word. Remember, we talked about the seeds of God's word planting into, into good soil, planted into our heart, guys. Well, remember this, guys, or, or think about this, is that when you plant it there, it will always produce according to its nature. And the nature of God's word, guys, is always increase. It's never going backwards. Increase in wisdom, increase in grace, increase in provision. Guys, God will add to you the things of life that you need. Amen? Now, I'm going to give you three quick things. This is really quick because I want you to get these down. They're very simple, and you've heard them before, but I want you to put them in your notes for this. If you want to live the life of abundance, Michelle already talked about one, which is giving, and I'll touch that. But the first thing you need to say, other than uh, not worrying and getting your heart right, is you need to take control of your words. Got a great little mini book right back there. If you can't can't buy it, take it. It's called Words. People don't realize the words, your words you speak are so valuable. It's so important, guys, because as believers, we're called to live a life of faith, and what we believe is in our heart, right? You know, you want to be around somebody long for a little while and you want to know what they really believe, just hang around. Just sit there and listen. Eventually what's in them comes out, guys. Because your words spring up from your heart. And what you believe is what you get. Mark eleven twenty four. If you believe when you pray, you can have what you say, right? The answers to your prayers, right? So you got to learn to control your words. Speak words of faith. You know, don't don't get hung up in the in the coffee room and or on the job and just eh, people just feel like they got to say something. You know, eh, I had a bad week. You know, I lost this, my car this, my that problem that. And, listen, learn to speak words of faith. That's speaking lack. Your words bring power. 
They don't cost anything, but they carry prosperity or they carry death in there, right? Guys, you've got to learn, and you've got to learn to speak words of life. If you had a bad week, so what? Just, you know, change your attitude. How do you see? I see, I don't see myself as the bad week I have. I see myself as the overcomer that God created me to be because of Jesus re- reestablishing me as a righteous child of God. Glory to God. And, I, and sometimes I have to just say that out loud to encourage myself because sometimes I have bad days just like you and I have a choice. I can talk about all of this or I can talk about this and I'm, I'm, I'm not perfect, but I go here whenever I can, man, almost every time. Learn to control, speak words of life. I'm blessed and I'm highly favored. You know, how's it going with that business venture? Well, you know, I don't have all that money yet, but I'm sowing financial seed and I'm believing God that money's coming in. I command Satan to take his hand off of every dollar that belongs to this project because I'm a righteous child of God. I've stood before him with a pure heart ready, invested as God has led me, sowing into his kingdom and I will reap the benefits of it and that money will come. And you may not want to stand there and hear all of that, but they may need to be saying it because they may be speaking it out of faith, Right? That's when we as believers need to, we need to be right there with them. Yeah, I'm connecting with you. I'll agree with you on that, right? Amen. Then the, the, another thing you need to do, and Michelle touched on this, is you've got to sow some financial seed, guys. If you're expecting a harvest, plant the seed. Plant the seed. As God leads, you plant the seed, right? Seed time and harvest. Giving is an extension of the very nature of God because Michelle hit it. God so loved that he gave. Listen, there's so many people that don't understand these precepts, these precepts and these principles. That, and and, and they do, they're just begging God, begging God, begging God. And God made a way for you to get money. But you, it comes with sowing a seed. You've got to plant a seed. And I'm, if God tells you to plant it here, that's okay. It'll go to good ground. But I'm not doing it to get you to give it here. I want you to give as God leads you where he's wanting you to send it. Amen. But the important thing is, is you got to be sowing it, guys. And then, and then the other thing is you got to honor God with your first fruits. And we just talked about that. We do that with the tithe. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10 says, Honor the Lord with the substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase, so your barns will be filled with plenty. Amen. Those, the tithe is the covenant connector right there. And, you know, there's a big, 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 big move in the body of Christ now to negate the need for the tithe, Right? Even though it's been taught for years and years and years and years. Where's that coming from? Worldly influence. Because people want to control their own money. But, but people have the attitude that, that money's theirs. And so you need to have an attitude that we're just stewards of the money. Because you can't take it with you. And if, if you learn to view money that way, I'm a good steward. I'm going to be a good steward I'm going to, and that means you're going to take care of it. You're going to invest it as God leads. And you're going to sow it into the kingdom of God. Of course, God's going to lead you to that because you need to be sowing into the God's house. Right? That, 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 that feeds you. Right? And, and, and as a good steward, you're going to take care of that. See, but when you, when you view money as it's mine and I own it, see, that's a bad heart. It's a bad heart. You're not, if you have that attitude, you're, you may give here or there. It's like Michelle was saying, well, they, they, there's some grace for that, right? But see, typically that comes with an attitude, well, I'm just trying to do God a favor with what I've got that's mine. But see, God created you to make that, and he blessed you with that. But if you'll learn to just be a steward of it, you'll end up with more and bring God in the equation, sowing as he leads you, you will end up with more. That, you'll be just like the man I was telling you. 
with the millions of dollars. The more I gave, it just kept coming back. I just, and, I, and so when he passed away, he was able to leave on this amazing legacy. Amen. Guys, God wants you full. Full of his word, full of his spirit, full of his, full of his power, full of his grace, full of his love, full of his provision. Amen. Amen. He wants you blessed to be a blessing. Let's pray.